Hello, teacher friends, and welcome to episode number 22 of the Beyond Measure podcast. In case you are new around here, my name is Christina Whitlock, and I just like to hold my place here on the internet as your anytime piano teacher friend whenever you need one. (laughs) Welcome one and welcome all. So today we are talking about asking more questions as part of the teaching process. This is not to be confused with episode 15, where I was talking about asking ourselves better questions, but rather today we are considering how many questions and what kinds of questions you ask in any given lesson. If you don't know my story, I started teaching with absolutely no experience or clue as to what I should be doing at age 14. I went on to do a bachelor's degree in piano performance, still teaching the whole time, and at least at that point, I did have to take one pedagogy course near the end of my degree. But then I finally did do a master's degree in piano performance and pedagogy, where I finally, nearly 10 years into my teaching career, received actual feedback on my actual teaching. (laughs) Mind you, at that point, I was definitely under the impression that I already knew everything there was to know about piano teaching. (laughs) Rookie mistake numero uno, right? But even under that disillusionment, (laughs) I did have the benefit of those 10 years of experience, which of course did help me to do fairly well in all of my evaluations of my teaching at that time. So I basically remember two main points of feedback from the evaluations that I received during that degree. So the first one is the fact that my professor at the time, Lori Roden, uh, she once looked at me and she said, I really only have one concern, Christina, and that's that sometimes you say that's great when it's not really great. (laughs) If you know me at all, you can probably imagine that I have definitely struggled with that problem in my teaching, but I like to think I'm much better at it now, for the record. (laughs) But secondly, she routinely complimented me on my questioning techniques in the lesson. I wasn't even really conscious of the fact that I did it until these observations began, But then it was revealed to me that I ask a lot of questions of my students in each lesson. It's funny, and probably no surprise to you, that there is actually a lot of pedagogical research that supports the idea that students are often learning their best through exploration that comes with answering questions. (laughs) Yet, it's something that I just found my way into pretty freely. So today I'm asking you, do you feel like you ask a lot of questions during your lessons? I will tell you this, I believe 110% 
in the concept of sound before symbol or whatever you want to call it. I try my hardest to always avoid explaining a concept before the student has actually experienced it for themselves. And questions almost always come with that territory. Let's look at some specific examples. Even at the earliest stages of developing musicianship, let's consider the way we teach piano and forte. Do you say, now we're going to learn about playing loud and quiet. The Italian word for loud is forte. That's what this symbol is right here. It's a fancy looking F, right? That means you play loud. Then do you see this fancy looking P? Well, that stands for piano. Piano is the Italian word for quiet. Yes, I know it's also the name of this instrument. Did you know at one time the instrument was called the pianoforte because it was the first keyboard instrument that could play quiet and loud? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> well, I gave my student some great information, but I also spoke a ton of words and they still haven't actually experienced the concept. <laughs> Some students will get it for sure, but others have not yet made the connection of even how they produce a stronger or lighter sound on their instrument. So it's not that that example is wrong, it's just not as effective as it could be, to say the least. <laughs> so what could I do instead? Well, there are like a thousand and one or more ways that we could teach dynamics. I'm sure you have a few of your own. Personally, I try to start with a series of listening and questioning. So maybe I sing, maybe I play, but I demonstrate a tune that is familiar to my students with passages that are notably loud and notably quiet. And then simply I ask my student, what things did you notice about what you just heard? Now, when you do this, you do have to prepare yourself because you never know what exactly a student will pick up on. <laughs> they might comment about something entirely unrelated to what you were hoping for. But even if they don't immediately mention the concept you're hoping to convey, it still gives you some very valuable information about what they are hearing and what they are thinking about when they listen to music. And that kind of information can be priceless. Also, as an aside, remember that you do not have to assign a term to a concept right away. Depending on the age, the ability, and the experience of a student, sometimes it's very beneficial to simply let them experience the concept for multiple weeks before you ever even add a name to it. Of course, this kind of thing can apply for all levels of study. You know, like the best way to teach phrase shaping is to play something multiple ways and ask your student what they hear and what they like. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, when you demonstrate one of those like horrendous accents that tend to come out at the end of a phrase and you offer up a better comparison, the student is going to hear the difference, and most of the time they will choose the better of the two. It's very much like going to the eye doctor, because you know that part of your exam where they start asking you, is this better with one or better with two? 
better with three, or better with four. (laughs) Sometimes that type of approach is very effective with our students. And if nothing else, it's always more engaging than just telling them, don't end the phrase with an accent, (laughs) or taper that phrase ending, or crescendo to the middle. The list goes on and on. At the same time, Asking questions doesn't only pertain to moments when we are introducing new content. One of my favorite philosophies concerning questions is actually a throwback to what might be the very best piece of parenting advice I ever received. (laughs) You see, one of my adult students one time shared this hilarious tale of her daughter asking her something about where babies came from and how it kind of launched her into a tailspin of over-explaining, you know, in a way that soon led her daughter reporting that this was just way too much information and she was just looking for a simple answer. (laughs) She looked at me and she told me, I have since learned that when your child asks you a big question, the best response is, well, tell me what you know about that. (laughs) So when a student asks you a question, there's always something that made them want to ask the question. If you're anything like me, if a student asks me something like about a chord analysis or a historical reference, it is so easy to launch myself into like collegiate lecture mode and tell them all the things I know about that one topic. Friends, this is almost never what they are actually looking for. (laughs) Let's take this example. If a student says, should I use my pedal in this Bach minuet? Rather than immediately launching into a treatise on the harpsichord and its plucked mechanism versus the striking mechanism of the piano and the myriad of opinions in the world about what the role of the modern-day damper pedal is or could have in modern approaches to this piece, well, there are all kinds of questions I could ask to inspire the student to exercise their own critical thinking muscles. (laughs) Examples that come immediately to my mind are, well, what do you think about using pedal in this piece? Or, do you have any ideas why I would say not to? Or, well, tell me what you think was happening in music during this time. You know, with this particular question, maybe it's mostly a matter of asking, well, tell me why you think you need to. They may have a clue Or they might be completely off base in their response. But again, the insight you gain here into what they understand is absolutely priceless. I do realize that some people get annoyed by the whole answering a question with a question thing. (laughs) But honestly, I just happen to think it's an all-star teacher move. I could go on and on about the ways that I use questioning techniques in my lessons, but for now, let's explore my three favorite questions to ask during the lesson, and we'll save the rest for a future episode, maybe. (laughs) First, once a student plays their piece for me, I try to always ask them how they felt about that run-through, or as a variation, I will ask them to name something that went well 
and something that could be improved upon. Of course, no surprise to you that it is always easier for them to name an improvement than for them to name something that was great. I am on a personal mission to change that just by relentlessly asking them to name good things about their playing throughout their lesson. Secondly, I often ask my students how they were going to practice a particular piece or passage at home. Rather than telling my student what I want them to do, I want them to first tell me what they think they should do. <laughs> because again, this is very revealing. If they tell me they're going to play it three times and call it a day, we know we have work to do. <laughs> if they tell me they're going to play that Alberti bass pattern as blocked chords first and then add the right hand melody over the blocked chords until it feels entirely comfortable and only then will they move on to practicing the passage as written, well, then I know we're doing much better. <laughs> Third, I try to end every lesson by telling my student to ask me a question. <laughs> sometimes it ends up being a silly question, sometimes it's deep, and oftentimes they struggle to come up with a question at all. However, it gives that student an obvious opportunity to express anything they're unsure of or something they've been wondering about. And after a few weeks, of the routine of having to ask a question at the end of their lesson, they start to become more aware of potential questions throughout their lesson or throughout their whole week of practice. If you've listened to episode 17, which is titled Finishing Up, you already know that I feel very strongly about ending a lesson in a certain way. This whole ending with a question thing can fit right in step with that. It helps establish trust, creative thinking, and just all kinds of other goodness. And with that said, my friends, I am going to offer you up a quick toast today, and it's going to go a little something like this. <laughs> music teacher friends of the world. Today, let's commit to three things. Are you ready? <laughs> let's commit to asking more and explaining less. Let's commit to demonstrating more and to talking less. <laughs> and finally, let's commit to listening more and speaking less. My glass is raised to you as I celebrate the efforts you are putting forth today and every day. <laughs> here, here. Okay, friends, that will do it for today. Please continue to share your love for this podcast with your friends and with your colleagues and anyone else who you think might enjoy it. Don't forget to check out www.teacherturboboost.com for details on an incredible virtual offering that is coming your way in a couple of weeks. Remember, use the code BEYOND and it will save you $10. <laughs> I hope today's episode has inspired you to ask more questions 
or maybe even just better questions in your lessons. Be sure to drop me a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me there at Beyond Measure Podcast or shoot me an email at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com just to tell me you found this content helpful. I would love to hear from you. So with that, this is me wishing you a week full of really great questions. (laughs) Let's talk again soon, my friends.